Welcome to another edition of Time Out Sports, the podcast. It's your host, C. Ruff, and I'm excited to be back for another great edition. Listen, we got so many things to jump into, and so let's go ahead and do that. But first, make sure that you all follow us on Twitter at Time Out Sports 3. Again, that's Twitter at Time Out Sports 3. And we can be found on Instagram at Timeout Sports with two underscores. Now, let's jump right into it. So first, we're going to start off by talking NBA. I have a question that I would like to pose. Why so many blowouts this year? It seems like every single night I'm seeing two to three games that are decided by 30-plus points. For me, that's a problem. I think that you just have to get more people bought in and taking it serious. You're seeing players rest game after game. No injury, but just decided that they want to rest. It's unacceptable for me. Um, And so, as an average sports fan, a big basketball fan, I'm still locked in to each game, you know, I'm still covering it, you know, doing all the things on social media, posting, but for the average fan, I can understand why the average fan is not as bought into the season this year, you know, it's just so many blowouts, Uh, your star players aren't playing, there's a whole lot of injuries, you know, let's talk injuries, you know, we know that right now Anthony Davis is out. LeBron James is out. Uh, Donovan Mitchell just got hurt the other day. He's out. At one point, you had out Embiid. I mean, this this season is very injury-ridden. And uh, that's definitely hurting the league. So, for me, I think that Adam Silver had the right intentions by trying to go ahead and start the season, you know, They're trying to make up some of that money. They're trying to get the fans, you know, back involved, engaged. But I think that when you look at it now, it was the wrong decision because teams having 70 to 80 days off is the shortest offseason that you'll ever see in the NBA. And I believe that that is one of the reasons why we're seeing so many injuries. I think that the league is going to have to figure out how to get back on track and uh, get people the normal off seasons that they, you know, typically have. So that hopefully we can cut down on these injuries. We can have people healthy and on the court and have less guys deciding that they're going to rest because that's definitely hurting the league as well. Now let's transition and talk LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm sure by now you all know that uh, Nets power forward, LaMarcus Aldridge, announced his retirement from the NBA on Thursday. It was due to an irregular heartbeat. Now, it's been reported that he's dealt with this type of thing for basically his whole career. But he said that on last Saturday in the game, he felt something that he'd never felt before. And it was one of the scariest moments of his life. So again, LaMarcus Aldridge decided to retire from the NBA after 15 great seasons. Uh, I'm going to read you all his accolades. 
seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player. He's one of 25 players in NBA history to record 19,000-plus career points and 8,000-plus career rebounds. For his career, he averaged 19.4 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game, and 2.0 assists per game. Now, the question has been asked since the announcement of his retirement, is LaMarcus Aldridge a Hall of Famer? For me, I say yes. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying he should be first ballot by any means, but I think that, you know, maybe depending on which class it is, probably third or fourth ballot, I think he'll get in. You know, he was great for a long period of time. You know, for about a decade, he was really one of the best power forwards in the game. In them Blazers days, Demarcus Archers was special. I mean, he, he really was. He was a good player, very good player. And uh, and so I think he did enough to get in, uh, like I said, maybe third or fourth ballot. Uh, but I don't believe that he should get in before Chris Bosh. I think Chris Bosh needs to be in the Hall of Fame before Lamarcus Aldridge. So now we're going to transition to the Raptors and to uh, Kyle Lowry. On last week, they listed Kyle Lowry out three straight games due to rest. Now, for me, that's just flat out inexcusable. You have the paying customer that are still going to the games, you know, a certain percentage anyway, or attending the games. We're watching these games, and it's putting money in your pockets. For you to just look like you're tanking because you're not having a good season, your record is bad, and to sit a guy for three straight games with no injury, just rest, that can't happen, and the NBA needs to do something about it. Uh, they did find the Raptors 25K. But for me, I mean, what is that? You found the NBA team $25,000? When they looked at that, they laughed. And so you need to raise the fines. You need to let them know that that will not be acceptable. You're sitting out rest, uh, healthy players for rest, especially in three games. Like I said, I understand sometimes in this shortened season, one game off, especially for those older players. But three straight games, that's inexcusable. Now, Steph Curry. Let's talk Steph Curry. He's been a man on a mission. He's been putting the Warriors on his back over the last nine games, shooting the ball at a ridiculously high clip, at a great efficiency rate. Over the last nine games, Steph Curry is averaging 35.2 minutes per game, 39.9 points per game, 55.6% from field goal, 49.2% from three, 90.8% free throw, 6.6 rebounds per game, and 4.3 assists per game. So like I said, Steph Curry, man, he has been phenomenal over the last nine games especially. I think that the MVP discussion is open this year, you know, but like because like I said, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, he wasn't really in the MVP discussion, but he's somebody that could have got into it. He's hurt. LeBron has missed a lot of games. Embiid has missed a lot of games. Kawhi. Uh, so, 
it's it's kind of open. I think for Steph to get really in the thick of it, though, I think he's going to need the Warriors to get up to, like, the seven seed, maybe, six or seven seed, um, for him to really have a chance. Uh, for me, the MVP right now, I would lean Jokic just because of availability um, and what he's done. But it's probably a real close race right now with Embiid and Jokic to be honest. Now, like I said uh, earlier, on Friday, Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell suffered a right ankle sprain in the third quarter. Uh, it's being reported that there was no structural damage, but he will miss several weeks. Not several weeks, several games, excuse me. So that's going to hurt them, I mean, but they, they have a really good record, so I guess it could end up helping him in the long run. It could help those players that may not get as much playing time when he's healthy, uh, get an opportunity to get more run and get more continuity with each other. And so we'll see how that ends up working out for the Jazz. Also this week, it was announced that Dwayne Wade, former Heat shooting guard and three-time champion, uh, became a minority owner in the Utah Jazz. So that's that's a big deal. Um, I think that you know he's gonna do well for them. And uh, on last week, Dwayne Wade actually quoted one of my tweets, so that was a big deal for me, being that you know he's my favorite uh, professional athlete of any sport all time. You know that was a big deal for me, and it allowed a lot of traction to come to our platform. So. That was cool for sure. Transitioning now to the WNBA. On yesterday, Saturday, the Minnesota Lynx waved guard Betsy Brown. And that was a shock to a lot of people, including me. I did not expect that move to take place. But what it taught me for sure was the WNBA has got to expand. You know, right now they have just 12 teams. I think that they definitely need to consider going to 16 teams because there's a lot of quality players that are not getting an opportunity, you know, to play. And so I believe that the WNBA should go to 16 teams next season, and uh, that would open up more spots for these players to have opportunity. The WNBA draft took place on Thursday, April the 15th. And the WNBA season will tip off on May the 13th. So we are under a month from the WNBA tip-off. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch and support those young ladies as they continue to climb. If I could get anybody, if I could give anybody any advice or tell anybody anything, I would say give the WNBA a chance. If you really watch it, they are competitive. It's not you're not going to see those thirty and forty point blowouts nowhere near as much as you see it in the NBA, and and they're fundamentally sound because they're not able to rely as much as some of the NBA players do on just raw talent and uh, raw athleticism. And so I would encourage you all to give give the WNBA a chance this season and support in every way that you can. Now, we're transitioning now to talk a little bit about the HBCUs. Uh, on last Wednesday, not last Wednesday, excuse me, on last week, 
Tennessee State University hired former Titans running back and four-time Pro Bowl Eddie George as their new head football coach. And, you know, so we're starting to see a trend. We're starting to see a trend. Deion Sanders, Jackson State University, Eddie George, Tennessee State University. We're starting to see some of those guys go to those HBCUs, and I love it. You know, it's being reported now that uh, former Browns coach Hugh Jackson will be joining the staff as their offensive coordinator. Um, It's also being said that Ray Lewis and Ed Reed are open to coaching at HBCU. And so I'm for this trend that's starting, you know, by seeing these prominent athletes uh, go to HBCUs and coach. It's not going to do anything but help us in the long run and the short term. It gives us more exposure. You know, it's going to put revenue in the in the seats, revenue in the colleges, because, of course, with a guy like Deion Sanders as the coach, people are just going to want to spend more money. They're going to go to the games when they can. They're going to buy merchandise. They're going to do things like that. And so I'm for the uh, prominent athletes going to HBCUs and helping us gain more traction. NFL, on last week, former Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman retired after 11 seasons. Now, he had a, a 137 games played, 620 receptions, 6,822 receiving yards, and 36 touchdowns in the regular season. In the postseason, he had 180 catches, 1,442 yards, Five touchdowns in 19 playoff games. So, I want to start this by saying that I'm not taking anything away from Julian Edelman. He had a good career. He was clutch, showed up when it mattered most in his playoffs. And I respect him. I wish him the best of luck in his next, uh, you know, career, future endeavors. But I do want to say by no means... Is Julian Edelman an NFL Hall of Famer? <coughs> it just shouldn't happen. You have so many receivers that had better numbers than him, that had more impact than him, that are not in, and some will not even get in. It, you know, from the Chad Johnsons, from the Highlands Wars, from the Sterling Sharks, Tory Holtz. I mean, it's so many guys that were just far more dominant than Julian Edelman. And so, for me, it's no way that he should be a Hall of Famer. Simply no way. So now transition and talk listener questions and listener feedback. I have a few things that I was asked to cover. Uh, NFL draft sleepers is the first. For me, I think that Amari Rogers, Clemson wide receiver, is a guy that is going to make... Some teams regret passing up on him. You know, he's not a big guy, just over 5'9", but he's he's big in stature because at 5'9", he's about 211 pounds, which is put together. You know, I believe that he's going to be able to take the pound and take the hits due to his size, you know, and strength. Uh, you know, he's, he's very crafty, very uh, agile. And so I think that's a guy that's a sleeper who may not go early in the draft, but it's going to make some teams regret it. Aaron Robinson from 
Central Florida, the cornerback. I think he's a guy that is a sleeper right now. You know, he's he's got good size for a corner and six one. Good speed, good knack for the ball. And so those are two of the main guys I say are sleepers right now that they're gonna uh really show up and show out. Rookies that will have the biggest impact. Uh it's gonna kinda depend on where they land, you know, because certain teams have certain needs. And so if a if a great tight end goes to a team that really needed a tight end, I think that they'll have big impact. But if I was just to kind of name people and not necessarily know where they're gonna end up, I would say Kyle Pitts and Trevor Lawrence are two other guys that are gonna have big impact. I think that Kyle Pitts is a prospect like we haven't seen from a tight end in a very long time. His his size, you know, height and weight, his catching ability, his running ability. That that dude has the potential to be special. And Trevor Lawrence, we know that he's the best quarterback out of this draft. I don't think it's debatable. Um however, I am a little concerned about the comments that I heard from him last week. I don't know if you all heard about it, but Trevor Lawrence kinda, you know, I don't know if it was even him. I think it was somebody on his team kind of said that, you know, he's it's more to life than football, and he, maybe he's not as serious about it. You know, he'll be okay if they lose, and 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 that's some comments, when, especially when you're taking a guy number one. That that doesn't make you very happy, because when I take a guy number one, I'm mortgaging my whole future and my whole franchise. I need him to be 100% bought into the game of football. I need him to be upset. When we lose, I need him working every single day like it's his last to get better. And so those comments kind of concern me a little bit, but, you know, we'll see. Also, best team in the NBA. I think right now you have to go with the Clippers at this moment uh, just to, due to the way they've been playing. Even with some injuries as well, they've been able to win at a high clip. Uh so I would lean Clippers at this moment. The Sixers have looked very good also uh, in the Eastern Conference. So it's probably Clippers and then Sixers for me. Uh, that's just right now due to the injuries. I expect the Lakers to get back in that conversation once they get LeBron and AD back. But right now, best team in the NBA, I would lean Clippers. Now, the transfer portal. We, we got some news last week about the transfer portal. Transfer rule. Typically, in previous years, as a college athlete, you would have to, if you transferred, you would have to sit out the next year before you could play. You know, so if I went to Duke and then I transferred to uh, Clemson, I couldn't play that upcoming season. I had to sit out that season and then play the following season. Well, the rule has now changed to where you would now be able to transfer one time and complete that very same season. I love that rule. I think that the players, you know, deserve the ability to change their minds sometimes on where they want to be at, uh, where they want to play due to circumstances. You know, we don't know. I think the one-time transfer rule is good. It's a great decision. And I think it will 
positively uh, impact college sports. Now, one other thing as far as college that I'm serious about, I think that needs to change is the one and done rule. You know, right now you have to go to college for one season before you can go to the NBA. And I think that's hurting college and the pros for some, you know, certain reasons. I think that a lot of times these guys that are being made to go to college, they're not bought in. They're just, they're just there for that one season because they have to be. And what's happening is that's hurting college because you have a whole lot of guys that just aren't serious about it and they aren't, I guess I would say, you're not gaining that continuity. You don't have the continuity with your teammates. Uh you just don't have you don't have that experience when you when it's time to make the playoffs, the tournament, or whatever the case may be. That these teams that are successful more times than not have a lot of juniors, have a lot of seniors. And so I believe that they should change the rule where okay, if you're good enough to go straight from high school to the league, do it. But I think if you're not, they need to change the rule to where you must stay in college for a minimum of two seasons. No more come to college for that one season because you have to and then go to the league. I believe that you need to go straight from high school to the pros or be made to stay in college for a minimum of two seasons. Again, I appreciate everybody taking the time to check out the podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter at Timeout Sports 3. Timeout Sports 3. And we can be found on Instagram at Timeout Sports with two underscores. We're going to be working on getting some more interviews very soon. Uh, so make sure to follow us on those platforms to stay up with our latest news. And uh, I hope that you all have a great week. Also, if you would, go over to Instagram and follow Leckwear Brand. That's at L-E-C-W-E-A-R-B-R-A-N-D, at Leckwear Brand. Go over to Instagram and follow that page. Share with all your friends. Just going to be a motivational page and an encouraging page, you know, to let you know that the only way you lose in life is if you quit. Again, this is C. Ruff, and I'm signing off. I hope you all have a great week.